y'all. I'm Leslie. I'm Lori. Welcome to Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. Yeah, and we have one more sumo scandal for you. Only one more. I'm starting to get really tired of these sumo scandals, and I'm really hoping that they'll end. And so I know, this but is somehow the final one. I think that there's probably more scandals <laughs> in our future. We didn't even get to talk about Asasuryu's brawls and things like that. I know. I know. So, yeah. But we do the best we can with all scandals. That's right. That's right. He's been liking the series. So maybe we'll have more in the future and we can keep going down this dark, dark path. I don't know. We shall see. But today's section of scandals is a dark one. It's about violence. And just as a note here in the beginning, this is not one for young ears. If you've got little ones that ever listen to this podcast, I don't know if they do. This is not one for them because it is a little disturbing and dark. Okay. It's a lot disturbing and dark. Yeah. Yeah. But before we go down that road, a newsflash. The bonzuke is out, everyone. Yeah. And we have some movement, in, some movement indeed. I know we'll probably talk about this, what, next week maybe? Kotonowaka at his highest rank of Sekiwake. His father is very, very proud. And uh, now the Ozeki run begins. Also, Nishikigi is in the Komosubi position. And as the Japanese love to do with precedence, they love to let you know how long it's taken him to get to the top. And I will have to say he is the third slowest wrestler <laughs> to ever reach the rank, which I am like, come on. Like, do you have to like rain on his parade with like the slowest rise in sumo history? But whatever I the know. case is, we all love Nishikigi and we all love that he's there. And you know what? The tortoise and the hare, like sometimes the turtle wins the race. And in this analogy, That's right. Nishikigi is a turtle. And well, he um, certainly deserves to be up there. He did. He and great, uh, my fave, uh, Asaruyama, he was bumped up two positions. So he's now at Maigashira 2, which means he's in the joy or the, the top rankers who are going to be obviously fighting all of the Sanyaku guys. So that's exactly where we want to see him. So that's all pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Now, Hakuoho, uh, who has been very exciting to watch is still having trouble with that left shoulder injury. And this week, all the papers reported on how much he said he was having trouble and is and also reporting on how much Miyagano Oyakata or Hakoho has also said that his shoulder is not in good shape. And he has stated that he would prefer to basically fall down the ranks and get the surgery that's going to heal him so that one day he can actually go for his big dream. And he would rather... well. Yeah, on his shoulder. Another one? Because Another surgery? He, at, at this point, wow. they have been so foreboding with his performance, which makes me think he's not going to – maybe he'll be there and fight, but I I think his choice seems to be he's going to get the surgery, fall out of the rank, and come back as opposed to fight with the injury. That's what he was reported as saying this week. So it's a pretty nasty injury, I think, and oh, okay. he can't really wrestle. So I think that's – probably got to be the obvious, you know, route he's got to take. And let's be honest, it didn't take him long to pop up there. So why not take the time now, come right back up? I mean, he's not going to fall out of the the top rank anyway. So yeah, why not? Right, right. 
What you are going to hear uh, is a snippet from an episode. I think we initially recorded it last Halloween, so almost a year ago. It was initially recorded as sort of a true crime story that we were going to include in our Halloween episode, but it ended up just being way too dark to include in that episode. For last year's Halloween episode, we went very light and very goofy instead. But what we did with this crime story is we sent it to our donors so that they could hear this story. So some of you may have heard this story before. If you're a donor, you will have heard it. But we thought, you know what? This is a perfect time to bring it back and share this story with everyone else. It is a true crime story of something that happened in the sumo world. So it is a sumo scandal, but it's darker than any of the other ones that we've shared with you thus far. So you're going to hear us on this recording kind of wrestle with, do we even include this in the Halloween episode or not? Because we were both kind of so disturbed by the story. The hard part about the story is that like we all love sumo so much, but this is the story that you almost didn't want to know about. And you know, sumo history for a long time has been violent. In the old days, they used to fight to the death possibly, you know, on street corners or whatever. Like the world was a violent world. But I think that yeah, what we wrestled with is like gosh, do we really want to know this about our favorite sport. And that's, that's the, that's the hard part about it, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's not even, did we want to know about it? Did we want to share? <laughs> right. 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 Cause it's easy to just look past it and like go, it's all sunshine, oh, yeah. but there's a real dark side to the sport and how people um, have succeeded in this sport throughout history has been oftentimes through much violence in the stable. And so that's the harsh truth about this, this sport that we love. It's the harsh truth. So here's this clip from last year, the sumo story. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you a bit of an update to what I shared back then. Here we go. Let's take a hard turn now. Okay. Into a sumo crime story. Ooh. This is a true story kids so turn the lights down and mine coming next is not quite so true but <laughs> unless you've seen it but uh let's go to the real crime story it's late june of 2007 so 15 oh, years ago that's not that long not ago. not that long ago no boys and girls not that long a girl well, <laughs> not that long ago, <laughs> boys and girls. <laughs> okay, this story begins with a small 17-year-old kid Okay, calling home. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he's run away from a sumo stable. In fact, Shodai's sumo stable. Oh. Yes. Uh, actually, I don't know if Shodai was there 15 years ago. I don't know when Shodai started. I'd have to look that up. No, I don't think he's 30 yet. So he would have been too young, I think. Would have been too young? Because he didn't join at eight, at 15. I think he joined college, right? I, I don't. Think. We'd have to look that up again. I, I know, don't remember I've forgotten, but now I, I doubt he's there. So we don't think Shodai's there, maybe. maybe. We don't know. <laughs> We're not sure. If so it might explain a lot uh, of stuff. I know, right? 
it it actually might. Anyway, so this kid, he's run away from Shodai's sumo stable, and he's calling home. And he's like, Dad, Dad, I've been a very good boy. Can you please come pick me up? Please. In fact, this kid has run away from the sumo stable twice before, and he's called home. Which is nothing new, because they all do seem to have one or two times in which they attempt to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So this has happened before. And so this is the third time. And he's again calling his dad. He's like, Dad, this sumo stable is really strict. There's no privacy at all. I want to come home. I don't like this. And his dad, who has essentially forced him into sumo because this kid had gotten into a bad crowd at school and uh, his dad really thought he was wasting his youth. And he really hoped that the strict sumo life would turn him around. And so his dad says, no, I'm not going to come pick you up. Go back. This is the Japanese equivalent of, like, if you get in trouble, you're going into the army. Yeah. They're like, if you get in trouble, you're going into a sumo stable. Yeah. That's the basic story. some discipline in your life. As I understand it. So this kid, whose real name is Takashi Saito, returns to the Tokitsukase stable. The next day... The stable master calls his kid's dad and says, I'm really sorry, but your son has died. <gasps> um, we're not exactly sure what's happening or what happened. The police are here, um, but we're going to send his body to the crematorium and we'll just send you his ashes. Oh, no. I'm really, really sorry. Um, oh, my God. This you know, is he tragic. just he collapsed in training and he passed. He must have had a heart attack, you know, but sumo training is really tough. And he just couldn't handle it. So I'm just going to send you his ashes. And thank you so much for entrusting your son to me. He was like a son to me as well. I'm really sorry. And so the dad says, wait, 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 wait. Let me come and see my son. Because what happened? Like all of this is not adding up. Exactly. So if you are like this kid's dad and you're like something fishy. Well, and he just called and said like, I want out of here. That yes. was like a major warning. Like exactly. maybe the kid was really, really being threatened. This is horrific. Exactly. Okay. So the the dad says, I am coming. I don't know how far away the dad lived from the sumo, tr- whatever. He was like, I am coming to see my son. Do not send him to the crematorium. Something strange is happening. I, I, I need to come in and see him. Um, so the police come in, they say, oh yeah, it looks like it was just a tough sumo training. He must've died from a heart attack. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be what happened, right? The police are calling the dad saying it's gotta be a heart attack. Like that's really what, what is happening. And the dad is like, no, I need to see my son. So he sees his son and he has a really hard time looking at his son because his son is covered in bruises and cuts (gasps) and burns. What? Yes. Oh my god. And he this thinks is awful. he thinks there's no way. There's no way that this is cardiac related. And he asks for an autopsy. Good. It's the first time anyone's done that. And Good. he begs at the hospital for an autopsy. And initially the hospital says no, 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 no. And then he basically mounts a news media campaign. Good he, for him. And he fights and he says something is odd. Something is very weird. And so an autopsy is done. Um, the father continues to put pressure on the police to open an investigation. And he goes to the JSA and says, we have to look into this. Something weird is happening. And the uh, autopsy is done. And it's found that this kid died of multiple trauma shocks. Like force trauma. Yeah, he was beaten. 
Oh, my God. Number of injuries that led to his death. And so the father takes this report to the police and says, we have to get people involved and keeps talking to the news. This is only 15 years ago, y'all. I mean. Yeah. And so after talking with media outlets and this, you know, storm of outrage comes up, like what is happening? Then the government gets involved and says, "Okay, something fishy happened. We really have to look into this. Well, yeah, clearly. The JSA says... I'm like, burn it down. Yeah. So police go back in. They start talking with Also, people. like, the police were, like, sitting on their hands. I mean, like, I do get it. Like, working there, there's this, like, weird sort of protocol that, like, nothing happens quickly. Like, you may have a rationale for something, and people are like, no, no, no. Like, you really... It has to be, like, consensus... You know, Mm -hmm. there has to be consensus before you move on to the next step, which drove me nuts. But especially in this instance, this poor father was like, for God's sake, this is not just what you think it is. How could you look at this and think that this is anything but somebody beat my son to death? Like, why are you all sitting on your hands about this? This makes me mad. Exactly. So... They kind of go back to the basics. The police get involved and they start asking questions. Good. So they go to the stable master and they're like, tell us more about what happened. Who really killed Takashi? Who killed this kid? And the stable master, uh, who is famously fiery and hot-headed and is a hard drinker, says, okay, I was a little mad. At, at the kid. I was mad. I was upset with him when he came back. He's run away three times. And when he came back, I hit him on the head with a beer bottle. Oh. So. Yeah. So yeah. he did it. But, but you know, that that's, uh, the kid had a, quote, vague attitude about his career in sumo. And, and this <laughs> is what 15. we do. This is what we do. Right? I just hit him over the head. He was fine. He went to bed. We went to training the next morning and he collapsed. That was Stable Master's story. Oh, right. When they talked to the wrestlers... More of the story came out, which was that he hadn't just gotten hit over the head with a beer bottle once, but 10 times the night before with a beer bottle. And he had also ordered his wrestlers to continue to treat him that way over dinner. So essentially, they were all sitting at dinner, slapping him and punching him. beating. Yeah. Over the head. Horrific. And, And then... Uh, supposedly he ordered them to continue to assault the kid. Oh, God. So next day in practice, they all showed up and they continued to throw him to the ground over and over and over again. One of them, we don't know who, grabbed a metal baseball bat and beat the kid until he could not stand and he collapsed and died. But the wrestlers say, no, 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 we never intended to kill him. We just couldn't, like our master told us to do this. So we were just following the master's orders. You don't talk back to the master. You just do what he says. So the master told us to beat him. And so we just followed orders. We just did what we were supposed to do. Yeah. Well, if you have no integrity, but I guess you feared for your own life if you saw what he was doing to somebody else, which is literally murder. I mean, you could see the environment of this stable. These kids couldn't go to the police. They couldn't do anything. Right. So what happened was this, the like I said before, the government got involved. It just makes me sick to my stomach, well, literally. Well, what happened is they started talking to the JSA, and they were like, you have to look 
very closely at your training techniques that's happening. What is happening in your sumo stables? We need to know if more of this kind of thing is happening. And so the JSA did a survey of sumo training. 90% of sumo stables were using baseball bats in their training. Oh. 90%. And also that's when it came out that this sort of bullying and top-down hazing is really super common at sumo stables. Mm -hmm. And the feeling is that it's supposed to help toughen these guys up. That's part of it. But also part of this strange story is that probably some negligence on the part of the police was happening when this when this all came to light because the police tend to lean backwards lean over backwards to protect the reputation of sumo. Mm -hmm. In other words, there's a lot of people trying to protect sumo and mm -hmm. to protect its image. Mm -hmm. And actually, when this story came out, initially, like the first thing, one of the first things that the JSA said, I need to find this quote because it's really good. It's basically like, um, well, I might cut it out. It okay. might be. It is awful. What I'm about to talk about is like fun and lighthearted and it doesn't seem to go... I know. That's why I was like, let's go here first and let's go otherwise. And I might <clears throat> okay. cut it out completely. Okay. Let's just give like an alternate just because I'm like, oh, God, like it may have happened and we can talk about it on another day. But I feel like it, it would have a different intro and outro. And I feel like it's important to look at a story like this. Yeah. Because... But not maybe not this week, not well, not this one. Maybe let me let me just get this finished, and then we'll decide. Okay. okay, okay. I feel like it's important to look at stories like this because what it did is it got the government involved and got the GS, JSA to look at their sumo trainings and to change them. So right. it was the beginning of a really good change. Um, all three of the wrestlers that were involved in the beating were thrown out from the association. They were, they are no longer sumo wrestlers. And the Oyakata uh, got his elder status banned. He went to prison. He was sentenced to six years in prison. So they were all, they all eventually did get involved in the court system and they lost privileges, went to jail, and things started to change. The JSA put a new stable master in charge of the Tokitsukaze stable. And the new stable master said, you know, I take the ruling that came through very, very seriously, and I am committed to oversee the stable so we will never, ever repeat the same mistake. Mm. So it's a very unfortunate story for this kid and this father. And it started a shift towards possibly less hazing in the sumo stables there's a lot we still don't understand yeah. about what goes on behind these closed yeah. doors at stables yeah and uh this is one of those true to life sumo crime stories we really still don't know who killed this kid but we know that it has something to do with the communication and the 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 just the whole fear that this stable master created within his own stable the whole you do not go against me you only say you only do what i say that you do and if you don't we're all going to beat you it's terrible it's awful and we can only hope that that does not happen anymore in sumo stables yeah oof yeah 
I did a little bit more research Mm -hmm. after that episode and looked at other instances of violence that have taken place since that story. Mm -hmm. And so here you go. Four parts. Four parts here. Um, First of all, in... And I'm not going to tell you the whole story of this. I'm just going to just lay out a few facts. That was 2007. 2011, Tochin Ocean and three other wrestlers went out. And we've talked about this on on the podcast before. Tochin Ocean and three other wrestlers went out with Western clothes on, not in their traditional dress. That's... Very naughty. Yeah, You're not it allowed is. to do that. Yes. That's a no-no. Sumo no-no. Yep. And when they got back to the stable, their stable master was very angry with them and beat them with a golf club. What? Yeah. So that was that incident that happened. And Who was that, Oyakata? I oh didn't gosh. even look it up. Whoever whoever's it's Tochis? It's not even worth mentioning. Right. Like who that was. But- right. The the point is that Tochin Ocean and other members of his Heia broke the rules, and that was their punishment for wearing oh the wrong thing. Oh, my gosh. That's really the point. Okay? That was 2011. 2017. So now we're getting five years ago. Yeah. Um, a former Yokozuna hit and injured another wrestler and retired. Immediately. Um, yep. So that was that in was 2017. Harama Fuji. Ooh. Nichima Fuji. Is that him? Is that his name? Or is this another one? Oh, it must be another one. The guy that Harama Fuji hit was Takanoiwa, right? No, is Harama Fuji, does he have another name that's Nichima Fuji? Oh. Is Harama oh, Fuji might the be, same as Nichima Fuji? Oh, it might be. Um, yeah, because there's no other y- Yokozuna's named that, so it might be. Uh, it might be the uh, Japanese translation. You know how they always call, yeah, Abi Aen and Shodai Shoya or whatever they call them. So it might be a translation. Okay, so of this that. this might be the Harama Fuji incident where he hit and injured another wrestler and then retired. So we talked about that last week right in response the jsa started saying okay we're going to institute some new policies to prevent violence in 2018 takanohana was dismissed as the director of the jsa for the way that he handled an assault scandal that was the that was because he's the coach of Takanoiwa, so that was the Hadamafuji incident, and he because he didn't participate in the investigation with the JSA, I believe. So that is related to that Hadamafuji incident. Yeah, I didn't realize until today that the guys that report on sumo, like the reporters that have the access to the sumo wrestlers and the JSA, Mm -hmm. they have to belong to this exclusive journalist club that's partially governed by the JSA. And if you write anything negative about sumo, you can be banned or you could have your access to wrestlers removed. Right. So, Many of those sumo reporters, when that all happened in 2017, 2018, they weren't reporting this to the public. 
because they didn't want the public to know. Oh. But what Takanohana did is that he went to uh, TV Asahi and he did an interview against the JSA wishes about what had happened. And in response, oh. the JSA banned Asahi TV from using sumo footage on their oh. channel. So they revoked access yes. and that's millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, which, uh-huh. okay, that's interesting. But then in 2018, that same year, at the end of the year, in October, around Halloween time, 2018, the JSA did finally present a discipline sort of like a a guidance manual for oyakatas. And you can find this on the JSA website, the Japanese version. And it's called, this is an interesting title. It's called Declaration of Violent Breakoff. What? That's how it's translated. (laughs) Declaration of Violent Violent Breakoff. Well, it has a ring to it. Yeah, doesn't it? (laughs) Not a sexy ring, but it has a ring. (laughs) We're going to do a violent breakoff. Yeah. And... It, it has seven points, and here's how I, you know, it's it's hard to read an English, like Japanese to English translation of something, but when I read it, this is what I, this is what the takeaways are when I read it. The first point is we do not allow violence for any reason, and especially not in the name of guidance. Okay. So, so not for training, right? Okay. So that's their first point. Okay. We do not allow it. Their second point is we want it to stop. <laughs> it's an well, interesting second point, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what's understood in a declaration. But, yeah. Well, but yeah. okay. Okay. But, but I think it shows that they know they have a problem and they want yeah. it to stop. Right. Which is good news, I think. Yes. Their third point is we're going to do intensive training for all of our members not just the wrestlers, for our oyakatas, for every single person in every level of the JSA, we are doing intensive training. And their fourth point is we are making clear definitions of what violence is. We're making clear sanctions and procedures to dispose of members when there's violence that happen. And we are making clear obligations to report accusations of violence which is Mm. good yes um their point number five we value uh, they're basically saying we value pr right and we will promptly disclose any uh allegations of violence and that's a pretty big deal i think yeah because that's they're saying I think they're saying, yeah, we'll discuss it. There's no more behind the curtain here. But yeah. what people don't know, though, still they don't have to discuss. It's almost like if something gets leaked, then they'll probably discuss. But the reality is, but they're only saying if they in their violent break off <laughs> that we will promptly disclose. We, w- in other right. words, they're saying with these tenants, we are not going to hold it behind the curtain anymore. We are going to promptly disclose it to media outlets. All right. As number five, right? I'll see and, it. And, and, Believe and it when maybe I see it. <laughs> that's probably a response to what happened with Takanohana. Yeah. Right? But right. at least they've got it in their guidelines. Like that yeah. is now written in black and white for the public to see. It's like, we are going to promptly disclose this. Right. Which 
if you got to start somewhere, that's a good place yeah, to start. I mean, it's somewhere. Yep. yep. Number six, they say there will be no hierarchical relations between seniors and juniors. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Well, I mean, but the Suki Bito is, uh, you know, basically the servant of, <laughs> or of of a high ranked wrestlers. But maybe they mean in terms of violence from a higher ranked guy being allowed to do that to a lower ranked guy. It seems like the only sort of abuse happens in the ring, and that's just from like, just totally ringing someone out during Butscotti or something. Yeah, as opposed to this sort of hierarchical way that they're living in the stable and like people higher in the rank, more senior, are beating up people more junior. I think that's what they're saying yeah. that they're seeing everywhere. And so they're like, we need sense. to stop that in the Haya. Yeah, that makes sense. And then their last point that's a the declaration of this violent breakoff is uh, it says we are bringing in a team of experts so that this does not happen in training either. Um. They don't want it to happen in the Haya. They don't want it to happen in training. They don't want to happen. They, they don't want it to happen anywhere. Well, they lost, a, they lose a lot of money, money and fans when they get busted for this kind of behavior. Yeah, they do. And they it do. seems like the younger Oyakatas, Kisanosato, Hakaho, you know, all these younger guys who came up in the older system they seem to have all gone and got their graduate degrees or whatever on stable room management. I do believe the younger guys that possibly grew up with that have to understand now today the importance of not going that route, but also they seem to be looking for different ways to train up the guys, whether it's with more stuff at the gym, like just more diverse workouts and how to get somebody um, – fighting at their best as opposed to beating beating it out of them and making them, you know, suffer to yeah. become better. Yeah. And I I think the problem probably lies more so with the older Oyakatas, the ones who um have been coaching for many, many years, getting many, many results, but come from a much older standard of training. Well that I don't know violence. I don't know. Let me tell you about one other incident. This happened and we talked about this a little bit last year, December 2022. Not that long ago, two wrestlers at the Isagahama stable right. poured boiling water on another wrestler's back, mm -hmm. stomped on his abdomen, and hit him in the head with a piece of wood. Right. And Isagahama Oyakata had to resign as the JSA director due to this violent hazing right. at his stable. So, well, and this is also the stable that Haramafuji came from. So they knew that back in 2017, there was people, there were people who were violent in that stable. He tends to look the other way or he allows it. And he's, you can keep taking jobs away from people, but I guess, you know, when you keep turning in Yokozunas like he does, then they probably keep looking the other way, you know? I don't know. All I know is that sumo seems to exist in this funny place, you know, where there's a real thin line between hard training and abuse. Well, and there's clearly been through the history of the sport, yeah, extremely violent training. This has been the protocol 
for all these years. This has been the protocol for all these years. This probably beating the hell out of somebody and finding out if they're going to quit or if they're going to overcome it. I feel like that for hundreds of years has been the approach. And well, in in training. In training. In training. Right. But I feel like that's also just somehow bleeding over into their normal day-to-day lives. Because right. when two wrestlers are just pouring boiling water on somebody's back for like, whatever reason, I don't even know what the reason is, um, that's something very different than hard training. But what I what I am intrigued by is that the response last year in 2022 was almost immediate when the JSA was like this, we can't do this. It did come out in the media. Um, It's not like it came out months later, unless I'm remembering incorrectly. I thought it came out pretty immediately. And I can't remember. And then he was demoted, right? Like there's a lot of GSA directors that like get up to the top and then they're like, whoops, sorry, scary stuff's (laughs) happening at your stable. You got to get out of here. Right. They're very fast to replace those guys at the top for whatever reason. Um, But they won't get rid of Isakahama because he's churning out Yokozuna. Right. They didn't get rid of him, but they certainly were like, I'm sorry, you can't have the highest position of power in the JSA anymore. Right. Um, but it's. I feel like maybe they aren't sweeping it under the rug like they used to. Another thing to think about too is that, like, look, I I do not know what it would be like to have a monastic sort of life where at fifteen you live in cramped quarters, having no privacy, and it's a hierarchy. You're crawling your way to the top. It cannot be the most fun place to live all the time especially when your training is as brutal as it is. So not that that's any excuse, but I think you're right when you think, you know, the crossover, the bleeding out into their real lives, how does it affect the wrestlers? And it's like, well, their living situation, the 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 sheer fact that they get up at crazy hours of the day and have to make chanko nabe and have to eat last, you know, like all these things that would make somebody hungry to crawl their way to the top probably makes them a pretty angry or a frustrated person, you know? I, I would think it would just make them tired, right? Yes. That would be, that would yes. be my approach. I'd be like, I think, I'm so exhausted, guys. I don't want to do this anymore. I, I just want to eat yeah. some ice cream in the back. I, just, I, I would, that would be like my Chiomaru type point of view. Like, I don't know what you guys are doing. You're just being idiots. Well, I'm going to go eat some ice right. cream. There might be 98% of the wrestlers <laughs> are like, I'm just freaking tired. But there's 2% that are angry about it, you know? And it's like in those moments, people snap. I do think pouring hot water on somebody is like, like that's calculated. That's not just like, oops, I spilled my McDonald's coffee on you. No. Um, but uh, it's I do awful. Th- there's there's no th- it's way to calculated. It's premeditated. Like yeah, that's sadistic. That's somebody planning and picking on somebody, right? Yeah. But if that exists there and it's allowed to exist there. You know, it's not just the wrestler's fault. It's the organization who continues to look the other way. And, you know, maybe they do have minders. Maybe they do have people who say, oh, here are the rules. Here are the outside experts. But clearly, just like the journalists are outside journalists who are actually in some way connected to the JSA, that could very well be the case with these outside observing, like observing, you know, parties that 
make sure everybody is wrestling safely, you know, maybe I don't always believe what they say, you know? Yeah. I just hope, especially when it comes to what we talked about in this episode, like, Oh, I know. It's awful. I know. The horrific outcome of that and that. that. Can we all just agree not to beat people with golf clubs and planks of wood? Can we just all be nice to each other? That I would like for that to be the takeaway of today's episode. Just please treat each other with respect. Yeah. Because violence sucks no matter way, no matter the any way you look at it. Violence sucks. And there's no place for it. Not in the sport, you know? Like, it, come on, it's not 1735. Like, it's 2023. <laughs> or like there's if, no room for any sort of violence unless you're in the doyo, you know? The, yeah, that, that was going to be my point. It's like, if you've, like, take that aggression to the ring. Right. Work it out in the ring. I even have a hard time saying, oh, take your violence to the ring. I know. Well, yeah. I right. know some people, I know Kanishke's even said things like that. Like, I, you know, I was just... Ugh try to break the other guy's jaw. Like it's just a right. part of the world of sumo that I even have difficulty right. watching. It's a violent sport to watch, especially when people get really, really hurt. Like yeah. there's a lot to cringe about, but there's also a lot to love, but you got to hope and pray that like there are changes happening and these younger guys who are going to be the oyakatas of tomorrow know the importance of a sport that's kind of dwindling um, or it has in the recent past that their popularity is based on their personalities and not this crap that comes out, you know, about what happens behind closed doors. I hope that they learn their lesson and know that like we can't move on in this for, we can't have a future in the sport if we are not changing our ways. I hope in every single workout room, there is a little poster on the wall that says Declaration of Violent Breakoff, and it's surrounded by cute stickers and sumo stickers. Or that stickers. anonymous hotline. They've got that <laughs> yes. anonymous hotline. Yeah. It's like so a that- red phone on the wall, and they're <laughs> exactly. like- this person you, was being very mean to me. Yeah. During if someone's being mean to you, lunch. you pick up this red phone and you call the bat phone <laughs> and we will send someone there to check it out because we want you wrestlers to be strong and healthy so that you can do good sumo. That is what I hope is happening in That's, every single Haya out there. And if they're listening, let's just make sure they get that red phone put up in every yes. in every stable. Well, is that it? I think that's the best place we could end that's this right. episode on violence. A tough one. Yeah. But I'm still going to hope for a better future. I'm yeah, still going to hope too. for the sport I love. Turns, me too. You know, turns a corner and that is a chapter of the past. Let's hope. Let's hope. Here, here. Here, here. All right, then. Well, okay. I am Leslie. I'm uh, Laurie. See you all later. Bye. Bye.